Thank you for visiting Discontinued on Display. We are so happy you have joined us. At this time, we ask of you a few small favors. Please refrain from eating or drinking while on the tour. Please remain with your tour guides at all times. If you separate, you may get lost. If at any point you need to use a restroom, please ask and we'll point you in the correct direction. Discontinued on display. We got another fantastic tour ready for you. Look at me I, leaning into our metaphor. I, I I had no, yeah, I leaned into the metaphor in the intro. I could not think of a funny, silly one for this. So I just went, well, let's go back to classic. How we yeah. like, like I did the first few before, like we were like, why don't we make fun? And I was like, I'm not going to be fun today. No fun. <laughs> we're not having fun here. No fun. All business today. On this is a business podcast. Yes. As We're we... going to talk about equity and, in, and and interest rates and the stock market. I mean, I talk about enough of that at work. I don't need to talk about that here. <laughs> Speaking of, I found out one of my uh, one of the directors at my job sent me a message on, on Teams uh, a couple days ago, and I haven't acknowledged it. And I really need to, because he's like, a, like I, I talk to him frequently, like he's a very good guy. But he's like, I've been really enjoying your podcast about the season, about the discontinued musicals. And I was like, you listen to this? So I officially <laughs> can say we have 41 <laughs> listeners, and I know 40 of them. <laughs> I have some people at my work, too, that are very much enjoying this season. So. I was like, that's nice. I didn't realize he listened, and I, I would not have clocked this as his um cup of tea um at least not this season some of the ones where we we like touched on some more historical topics because i work in a museum like makes yeah, sense yeah. like when we did toys um the themed attractions like some of those really make sense to me i was a little surprised when this one kind of uh tickled his fancy so that was a that was a fun that was a nice pick-me-up i think that was at the earlier at the start of this week um but time is a construct that i yeah, can't follow you know, anymore you know I, I it all runs together so um, today we are talking about uh breakfast at tiffany's not or, the movie though we will uh talk about the movie or yes, yes it is not entitled breakfast at tiffany's it is holly go lightly Ho- holly go lightly so that was the original name they they changed it so it's known as both of those things yes um probably they started with holly go lightly as like a you know, we don't want people to think they're just going to see the movie. The no, famous. because from what I read, it's not anything like no. the movie. It seems to like it it, it. it So I read a synopsis of the movie of the short story and I hunted down a synopsis of the play. Um, and I was like, this is drastically different. <laughs> like because the beats are the same going to jail. Uncle Sammy, the cat, um, there being this romantic interest the prostitution like all these beats are the same but then there's a weird overarching theme in the musical that holly isn't real yeah i I, I gathered that as well that it it, i yeah and i think what the hard thing about this is breakfast at tiffany's is the movie is considered like one of the classics 
Yes. I mean, we, we are talking that it was nominated for five Academy Awards, winning two of them. Moon River, the song, was nominated for six Grammy Awards. It won five. The film is preserved in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress in 2012. You know, this is kind of the role that Aubrey Hepburn is known for. Like th- this, this is a, it also has some, uh, some great, you know, racism controversy with Mickey Rooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's written and was originally written by one of like the most well-known authors of our time, Truman Capote. Like, yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, there's so much to unpack with it. And the thing is, so here's the thing. I, I, I mean, I went to school for acting I feel like I should have known the story. Like, I feel like as someone who wanted to act, like having seen Breakfast in Tiffany's should have happened. I've never seen it. I've never read the short story. And the first thing I read was the you've synopsis. Never seen the, you've never seen the movie? I've never seen the movie. Have you? Okay. I think I saw it one time. I don't really remember. Like, it's I've seen really- clips. Like, I've seen clips of racist Mickey Rooney in the bathtub. <laughs> like, I've seen that. But, like... I'm pretty sure that's what everybody's seen from this And I've movie. seen clips of Audrey Hepburn, like, on Instagram and stuff. But, like... um. So when I read the synopsis of the musical first, I was like, oh, what an interesting, what an interesting plot. I didn't realize, like, no wonder people love this. What an artistic show. And then I read the movie synopsis and I went, this is wrong. Why did they do this? So to, so to clarify, the you can pretty much copy and paste the movie plot into the in the musical plot the thing that's different is that the narrator character so in the book the male lead doesn't have a name he's just the narrator in the movie he has a name what is his name is it nick why can't i think of the guy's name i knew it a minute ago uh Um, uh, uh, is it paul yes i I think think it's paul yeah it's paul it is yeah it's it's paul george peppard plays him yeah and so it's Paul and he's a real human and he and Holly is real but for some reason at least I don't maybe I read something janky um it's hard sometimes with these musicals that close and I yeah. don't have a you know what I mean but according to what I found online the plot of the musical is that Paul's a writer and he's ah. writing a story and Holly is his main character and she has a whole other name when she's first introduced and it's like May something and he changes it. He's like, no one's going to like that name. So he changes his name. And that Holly is this figment of his imagination that he's in love with. And he's trying to write a story to sell. And he keeps. Um, Falling in love with a fictional person. He's writing he's in, about? like in love with this fictional person. He's having an affair with this woman who lives in his apartment building that Holly also lives in. Um, and I did air quotes there for our at home listeners who can't see that. Um, (laughs) and like, he ends up breaking up with her because he's in love with someone else. And at the end of the play, Holly vanishes, like Holly runs away to go, um, be with the rich, I think he's Colombian, Uh, Brazilian, I believe. Brazilian. Thank you. The rich Brazilian gentleman. She actually leaves and she like, I think she. Leave, I don't. I don't remember. I don't think she leaves the cat. No, no, she leaves the cat in his care. She, he, she's like, I'm going to throw out the cat, and he's like, I want to keep the cat. She's like, I don't care. Here, have the cat, and then she goes, and the play ends with him in a bar, not like knowing if Holly was ever real or not, and it I mean, makes that the the play was the musical 
so there's two versions of the musical. There's the original version, which is probably very close to the original. Then it was adapted after the original wasn't going well by Edward Albee. And that's a very, I've read a couple other Edward Albee plays and he has these, this really strange whimsical way of writing theater, uh, that 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 style is on brand for it, but it's not how the now granted i think that's a really interesting story to tell yeah it's, in that it's, way but it's weird to do it with an established piece yeah i mean it, it would be it would be like taking let's use our past spider-man turn off the dark exactly um, and going all right spider-man was not bitten by a radioactive spider he just imagined all of this in his mind he actually got a concussion and this is his like fever dream as he's yeah. trying to come out of a coma. And you'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's so weird because all these beats play out the way they do. So in the movie, Holly meets Paul. Holly is like, I'm a professional. I think she calls herself like she dates men professionally, which at the time they hint at it. And in today's day and age, what we're able to figure out is she was a prostitute. Like that's what she was doing. Um, and it was just the way they wrote the story. It was, it was more heavily implied and not focused on, um, which from what I can tell was a decency thing and not an artistic choice. Okay. I feel like it was an artistic choice and not a decency thing, but who knows? Um, and that Holly's this kind of flighty. She's just trying to find money. Paul actually wants to be with her. Um, she go, she goes to jail because, um, She's been helping this mobster who's been paying her to get information out to other people like that. She just does a bunch of illegal activity in order to live a more lavish life, um, but is looking for a rich man to kind of just like keep her essentially. So she doesn't have to keep doing this. Um, She finds it in this Brazilian man who it doesn't work out. He pays for her bail to get her out of prison. And he's like, we can't be together. My family would be scandalized. And he banishes. And she chooses to chase after him and Paul scolds her. Cause I think like she throws the, ca- they're both in a cab and she throws her cat out of the cab and is like, I'm cat going to plays a very large role in this. <laughs> um, there's a real cat in the stage musical. That seems like, okay. Cats are very much known for being not predictable animals. <laughs> well, I mean, they can be trained obviously. Like think of the office. Like they, they throw a freaking cat into the ceiling. Uh, yeah. True, but um, now granted that wasn't a real cat. I should that I, I it's a Jello cat. I, this is not an office podcast. That's a whole other. There's a podcast about that. Go listen to it. Um, but they um, oh my gosh, sorry, my I, brain. I totally I totally derailed your train of thought. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, so the cat like gets thrown out and. Paul goes out to get the cat and she's like, I should be with Paul. And they end up like hugging in an alley and it's okay. And the book they end up to, I think the narrator and Holly end up together as well in the music. And so like that, that's, that's the story of breakfast at Tiffany's. And then there's a race. And then there's an Asian Mickey Rooney being racist. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> um, it, it is mind boggling, but yeah. So in the original stage production, so there's actual clips of it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can look and and it's and it's big name cast. I mean, this is Mary Tyler Moore. Moore is Holly. Yeah. She's playing like, the Audrey Hepburn role, which is like not. It's I don't. I, at first, I was like, "What a weird choice," but I I always kind of forget young Mary Tyler Moore and how yeah. glamorous she was. And she can sing. She's in the film adaptation of um, freaking what's the musical that made Sutton Foster go famous? 
um, Thoroughly Modern Millie. She's in the film version of Thoroughly Modern Millie. And I'm like, why are you there? Um, but you like, there's a bunch of clips of her in this musical carrying around a cat, like that's moving. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh goodness. And so, yeah, it's according to the reviews, just to be blunt and to kind of get right down to brass tacks here is it's a boring musical. It, it's yeah, terribly, it, like, terribly boring. They well, said, and apparently originally the musical was under just under four hours long. Whoa. Oh, that's, that's, that's a lot. (laughs) Like the Mary Tyler Moore OG, like critics were like, this thing goes on forever and it doesn't, it's boring. It's horrendously boring. Which, I mean, if, if you, if you look at the movie, like it, it is not a whole lot that happens. Like in terms of like excitement, this is not a movie that you're turning on. If you're like, man, I'm ready for a, you know, high adventure. But tr- I mean, true. But n- not every musical is a- not every musical is Spider Man. Turn off the dark. Some musicals well, are like think of a chorus line. I li- did we talk about that? Because I just saw a chorus line. I think yeah, you and I might have personally talked about it. But like nothing happens in that musical. It's no, great. But- it's great music, and it's a story that's interesting to see. Yes, and I think that has some nice like set pieces as well, like a chorus line. Like I mean, I- a chorus line has no set. No I- I set. Just- it is a room. You know, still, like, I just think there's, you know, there's some interesting things there, but just four hours is, like... Well, first off, no musical is longer than two and a half. I remember when I saw Peter Jackson's King Kong, again, one of the most action-filled movies ever, and after about three hours, I was like, okay, this is just exhausting. (laughs) I'm just tired of this. So, it's it's important to note that that this musical does run on Broadway, it never officially opens. It's it, just like, in a weird short amount of previews. And then they four? just... Four? Like, uh, like, not a lot. I think they had four of what should have been considered opening perform. I think there was a few before it. So the show doesn't work. They scrap some of the original creative team. They have the show rewritten by Edward Albee. And the Edward Albee version is the synopsis I read. So I don't know if the original version was closer to the movie and the short story. That I couldn't find. But Albert Albee's version is off the walls and no one liked it. And so it just doesn't, it doesn't take. And then fast forward a few. So fast forward a few years. And by a few years, I mean a few decades. And <laughs> they do, few years. <laughs> they revive it with a, more of like a, it feels like almost an in concert situation. And like yeah. Prince plays Holly. Faith Prince is very famous for being the revival Adelaide in Guys and Dolls across from Nathan Lane. Um, and she's a big Broadway, like beautiful voice. Um, but again, at even that point, they're like, this is literally a play and there's random songs in it. And you can hear some of the songs on YouTube. And frankly, they sound boring as sin. They're not exciting. It feels like a monologue set to music. Yeah. It's just like that. that I listen to some of the music and, and reading this and, and, and I, I think I, without having seen it, I think I agree with what the critics were saying. Is that absolutely? It just, it just sounds boring. Like I, I it, it, it would not be something that I would that would hold my attention at all. And I, I think what's so funny is the popularity of this movie still to this day, and the pop culture icon that this is. This feels like a slam dunk, and like you really can't make an exciting musical out of this. But I mean, I guess this shows that you just can't 
take a property and be like, ah, this will be a great musical. Here we go. And all yeah. of a sudden it's amazing. You you do have to still craft the story and crafting a story in terms of a novel is different than crafting a story for a screenplay is different than crafting a story for a stage. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's why you can't just take stuff from a book and go, oh, I'll just do that in a movie. Like you, you, you have to, make artistic choices and and do things that make sense for this story mm-hmm. you're trying to tell and then in terms of like broadway i mean like even even musicals like that are from well-known properties like disney stuff like lion king beauty and the beast aladdin things like that they add other layers to it to adapt it for the stage mm-hmm. um and even something I want—I want to look at like a, a Mary Poppins um, on Broadway is very different from the the movie. It it actually goes more towards the book, and that was still widely successful, but because they adapted it well for the stage, so I I, I think that's it. Just seems like it was just poorly adapted because it had the star yeah. power, it it had the name recognition, and and it had a cat. It, yeah, it had a path. It just they just made it boring. <laughs> <laughs> and again like you said it just feels weird that it it wouldn't have taken it, it, it just it does seem strange to me but there's many you know you just never know what audiences are looking for at that time or even like the rise of like when we talked about um beanie babies on this mm-hmm. show and we had casey on and he talked about how beanie babies came about at the right time where the internet was just a thing. And so they leveraged that early website and all this other stuff where, where if Beanie Babies didn't exist in you know the 90s and then someone tried to release them now, it probably wouldn't be as popular because it wouldn't have that catalyst of the internet there to mm-hmm. propel it. And same thing with things that have failed. You know, I, I look at a Disney movie that 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 flopped, right? Um, it like Atlantis, the Lost Empire. I was waiting for and, you to say Home on the Range. I mean, yes, Home on the Range, but that flopped for other reasons. But Atlantis, when you do research on it, you realize the only reason it flopped was because critics were like, "Well, this isn't Beauty and the Beast. Well, this isn't. Uh, well, this isn't you know Hercules. Well, this isn't." Uh, this isn't your Disney's normal happy-go-lucky princess musical. And it's like, yeah, it's not trying to be that. That was that no. would be like saying Breakfast at Tiffany's is a terrible movie because it's not like Deadpool. Well, Atlantis Those are two was, different movies. Atlantis, I think, was Disney's, and this is a whole other conversation, but I think Atlantis was one of those attempts to be a, um, a boy's movie. I mean, there... Because Disney keeps trying to do that, and they never hit it. Like, I I don't understand why that's such a hard demographic as an animated movie that targets the, the typical boy gender. Like they, I would argue the only time they did it well was Hercules, but even Hercules and Tarzan get panned. Yeah. Hercules and Tarzan at least have better, they have better reviews, but I I think. Well, they had Phil Collins and um, why can't I think of his name? Who's the, who's the Alan Menken doing the music for those two musicals yeah i mean i mean phil collins went hard on that one and and we appreciate it but anyway to connect it back to this like it that's just like a random happenstance that like they try to release a movie that 
comes at the end of this big renaissance period. Mm -hmm. And so it just flops because that's the time period it was in. Had you released that movie earlier, later, it may have been a huge giant hit. Who knows? Especially with like the steampunk vibe that it has going on. Like you could very easily make that happen. Sorry, my brain immediately processed that as... um... <laughs> the that Breakfast at Tiffany's has a steampunk vibe, and I was like, "What? No, no, Breakfast at Tiffany's does not have a steampunk vibe." Though it would be interesting to do a steampunk bre- Breakfast at Tiffany's. Anyway. Wouldn't it just? What was? Hold on, so, I you made me think of something. Uh, Nineteen. Keep talking. I, yeah, I, I'll I just, come back. I just don't. I don't know enough about what was happening in 1966 in terms of like. I'm literally. That's what I'm looking up. Is I'm wondering who were the what were the who was nominated at the 20th annual Tony Awards. So best plays, I've never heard of. Um, the best musical that year was Man of La Mancha. Okay. So in the 1960s, the musicals nominated. I know three of the four. Man of La Mancha, which that would have been a revival, I think. Mame, which with okay. Angela Lansbury, oh, and Sweet yeah. Charity. Um, and like so Sweet Charity is your classic Bob Fosse dance numbers. That's, you know, um Hey Big Spender. Um Mame is uh not Sondheim, Jerry Herman. Um and his classic in Man of La Mancha is is a huge deal. Um like what other shows were on Broadway that season, just in general? Um, oh, the Superman play, <laughs> and it, oh, it was a musical. It was oh, a musical. Wait, what? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Uh, Max, the car- actor who played Max Men. Oh heck Ma- yeah! Menken uh, was nominated for best actor. We um, need to do this. I don't know. It was it was nominated for a tone. three and a half months. It cost an unprecedented six hundred thousand dollars. Shows at that time, Broadway's biggest flop. Oh my gosh! We need to stop talking and save this for another episode. Okay, we will. Um, oh. we'll tease it. Um, oh. I know it. Yeah. I know it had been a thing. You just sounded far too excited. Um, yes. Oh my. Um, <laughs> I didn't know um, B. Arthur won for Mame. I, I'm glad she did because she's awesome. But like, what else is happening on? Oh, it was also nominated for. Um, the guy who played Dr. Sedgwick. Um, I'm still going through these. But, but, but I mean, definitely there's more going on there. Um, so much more. And like those, like, again, it, it was up against three of the most highly held musicals in history. With huge star power. Like, again, you're not talking, you know, Jane Smith is your lead actor. You're talking Angela Lansbury, B. Arthur. Like, these are big stars. And not that Mary Tyler Moore was Also, Wait Until Dark, which is a... That was a play. That wasn't a musical. But that's a really well-known play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good story. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, mm-hmm, like I know what you're talking about. I've no, I've never heard of that play. Wait Until Dark <laughs> is the story of, a, of three robbers who break into this woman's home to steal something from it um and they think they're able to succeed like there there was a drop like a cocaine drop in this woman's home and she's blind so she can't see so they're going to break in and get this thing and get out and through it's a very intense show it's not funny at all um she what she ends up doing is once she figures out what's going on is she turns off the lights and then she knows how to get around and they don't and that's how she wins the day. Wouldn't their eyes adjust? No. Because then the play wouldn't 
be good. <laughs> it's like, have you seen the, the family I cut away with like home alone with competent robbers? And it's like, Oh yeah. The, the door handle was a little hot. So I just took my hand off. Yeah. No, <laughs> it I looks think like there's some cars on the floor. Be careful. And there's some ice on the floor there. Maybe just don't go down there. Don't go down there. <laughs> I think the the point was is that like she lived in like I don't, a place where there weren't windows. Like they were in darkness. Oh, okay, okay. So it was like pitch black. It was like yes. It was a I'll, I'll connect my world of sports. It was an Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat. Yes. Are you aware of this? Do you know no. what I'm talking about? I don't okay. even know who Aaron Rodgers is. Okay, so uh, uh, <laughs> does he play Quidditch? No, no. I actually need, we need to talk about this. I need to inform you of what Aaron Rodgers has been up to. Um, so Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers quarterback or, or soon to be was. Um, he's going to be traded. I don't need to get into that drama. But um, last year he talks about how he went to Peru and uh, uh, hang on. I have to pronounce this. Um, and You and, said Peru correctly. Yes, Peru. <laughs> Um, uh, how do I pronounce this? Um, I'm so sorry, listeners. We are going down a, we went a, through so many rabbit holes. Yeah. But this is, uh, how do, how do I, how do I pronounce ek, ek, uh, ayahuasca, ayahuasca, which is a plant-based drug that he, so he goes to this, like the shaman in Peru gives him this plant-based thing and he goes on like this drug trip. And then, uh, and then, like, decides he's gonna come back and play football, and it does like wonders for him. Um, uh, there's a whole like, like he says he's immunized from COVID, and it turns out that he wasn't. And then he like has to show. Then he like shows his foot on a Zoom meeting. Great moment in sports history. But most recently, he was deciding whether he wanted to play football or not later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, or next year and mm-hmm. he went into a four-day darkness retreat and so he he like there's this place in oregon where you like hole up in a shack and it's completely dark for like four days and you you know decide things what did he decide to do well <laughs> he decided he wanted to play football again ah except he's gonna play for a different team now why? What team? Uh, the New York Jets. Hmm. Why not the New York Yankees? Well, they're a baseball team. That would so. be. It, I mean, if My, honestly, Michael Jordan played all the sports, why can't? True. Um, that would be a twist in a twist in time. Uh, to quote the Cinderella three uh, uh, subheading. <laughs> anyway. Is that what it's called? Yes, Cinderella Three: A Twist in Time is a great, great ride. Is that the one where the where Anastasia falls in love with the baker? I think that's the second one. Ah, I think the third one is where like the fairy, the fairy godmother's wand gets stolen by the evil stepmother, and she oh. like goes back in time to try to change things. And gotcha. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I and think, Aladdin three are the best Disney sequels. Anyway, so I was going to say I think we've really by this point really showcased how dang boring Breakfast at Tiffany's the musical is. <laughs> that I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. So yes, if, if you don't, honestly, just Google the weird stuff that Aaron Rodgers has done. It's it's a it's a good ride. If Even if you're not a sports fan, for the non-sports people out there, great ride on, on the weird stuff that Aaron Rodgers is up to. I will say on a side note that's related to what we're talking about. Yes, we're supposed please, to be talking just about. Just back on track. 
Um, you can, if you want, purchase the soundtrack for Breakfast at Tiffany's, the Faith Prince version, the the one from the yes. early 2000s, um, on eBay for $50. It's a two-disc set because there's a god-awful amount of songs <laughs> in this musical. Um, it is not on Spotify. It is very specifically, like, no one wants it. But they did do a recording of it, and you can't uh, – and it's two discs and you can get it on ebay for 50 bucks cool i guess play it play it on your dates <laughs> sit there sit there with your glass of pep crystal pepsi with your mcpizza hat hello ladies would you like to listen to the breakfast at tiffany's musical all right hey ladies who wants to sit for four hours and listen to the breakfast at <laughs> tiffany's musical? <laughs> to be fair it's not four hours of music there's spoken word I prefer to think that there's four hours of music. <laughs> uh, I, it, I can't. Yeah. Is, it, I guess in general, like there's just not a market for long form media like it, that. It has to be the music too. Like the, even though I joke and you joke, I think the music is what has to be making it that long because it's a novella, which isn't a long book. It's short. How you make, and like the movie isn't that terribly long, is it? I don't think so. Let's let me check. I mean, it, it's the same thing of like where, um, uh, let's see. It's the yeah, cat, 100, that live 114 cat. minutes. It's under two hours. Yeah. So it, like, it's a short movie. It's a short book. Why is the musical so, so long? Like, and there's no answer to it. It's just, it was a strangely ungodly long musical. Like even Phantom of the Opera isn't that. Phantom of the Opera, I think is close on three hours and same with Les Mis. Yeah. Les Mis is a, is a, that's that's a commitment, but that's another one. Where <laughs> like, at least something hap like it, it feels exciting. There's there's like some of the songs are fun, and there's interesting characters going on, and there's like a cat and mouse cop and you know convict game going on, and there, there's things happening. This just it, it feels like they they went okay. We could just do two hours, but we could do double that where nothing else happens. And that's what I don't understand is how did they expand the story to that extent? You know what I mean? Like least, there's okay. Let me give you this example. The when they took How the Grinch Stole Christmas and made it into a full length movie, my first question was, you're taking this very thin book and making it into an hour and a half movie. Well, they added things in there. It wasn't just like like Martha May Bouvier. <laughs> I think you mean Martha May Boubier. Oh, zing! <laughs> this, is a, this is a family show. <laughs> you, you can't like. Uh, uh, anyway, um, do you think that's like, why her last name is Bouvier? Again, how exciting is Holly Golightly the musical? Um, but I think what they did is they they added like the whole Grinch goes down the first time is not in the original Doctor Seuss story. But it it fits like mm-hmm. it's it, it's fun. It's exciting. It, it 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 adds some interest into the story. It 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 makes sense. It, it's not like we get the Grinch just standing up on the mountain for ten minutes, going, "I must stop Christmas from coming." Hmm. Hmm. Like, the, like we, we, it's not just dry, boring him thinking about how to stop Christmas from coming. Stuff actually happens. Whereas this, they were like, okay, we could add more story elements or we could not and just double the runtime. 
I mean, they clearly just doubled the runtime with, with music. They were like, for every for every two minutes of, of speaking, there shall be a two-minute song. You know, there was another musical. Okay, Street Scene. That's another musical that I've seen where nothing happens. I've never even heard of it. Uh, we did it in college, and basically, uh, the first third of the musical are all the characters talking about how hot it is. And then there's like an Italian ice you cream. You told man. me about this. Yeah. You told me about. I remember you telling me about this because I I remember going. I don't know what this show is. What is it? Because I asked you what your full like all the shows you had worked on in college. And I remember you going. Sorry. It's just people talking about how hot it is. It's an it's an opera technically. Okay. So um uh so yeah so like you know they 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 complain about the heat for like most of the first act um and then it's like. It's like someone's having an affair and and then like someone gets shot and I, it, 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 that's like all in like 10 minutes where like nothing happens and then all of a sudden like someone's having an affair and someone's getting shot and then everyone just goes back to complaining how hot it is again. Like nobody cares. And I'm like, what? What's, what's, there's nothing happening. Like nothing is happening. This is this would be like if you did a musical of my day. You're like, and now I'm going back to sit at my desk. Sit at my desk. Sit at my desk. Oh yeah, we're going. There's back literally to a song in Breakfast desk. at Tiffany's called Holly Go Lightly, and they use her last name as kind of a double entendre, where they're like, like it's literally Holly Go Lightly, Go Lightly Forward. Like, like instead of it being Go Lightly as a last name, they like you know what I mean. They split it up, oh, and yeah, he yeah. says it several times in a row, and I was like, what am I listening to? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just, you know, it, it if, if you were to do like my, again, like my normal day, it, it just, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need, no one needs to chronicle my day. No. This so, is a really random thing that I just remembered uh, at work. Uh-huh. Uh, one exciting thing that would happen at work that you could write a musical song about where I think I'm going to be the Easter bunny for two hours at my work, which is a little bit. That, that sounds, that sounds like a farce, a bank with an Easter bunny in it. No, that we're like I'm 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 dead serious. Like uh, I I have been like we have a program that says the Easter Bunny will be there Friday, March thirty first, from three to five p.m. And like people have jokingly asked me like, "Haha, we'll put you in an Easter Bunny costume." I'm like, "I'll do it." Like I don't care. <laughs> Here's my question. Yes. Why? What do you mean? Why, why? is the Easter Bunny going to be at the bank? Uh, why wouldn't the Easter Bunny? Well, be no, no, no. Well, because like, so when you go to see the Easter Bunny at the mall, it's it's because then you're going to go into the stores at the mall and you're going to do things at the mall. That's the weird thing I've never under like. I, I, the bank is where it's happening, man. Okay. Like, I, I guess I, I can't conceptualize. Like, we, the Easter Bunny comes to my job now, but of course we're trying to get guests into the park. So like. You don't think we're trying to get people into the bank? Yes, but <laughs> are you going to be like, while you're waiting in line to see the Easter Bunny, also get a mortgage? Like, <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> Would you like a small business loan? <laughs> I, I really want to open in somebody's account in a full Easter Bunny costume. <laughs> Gosh, please do. Just for the story. <laughs> And what is your address, sir? <laughs> so here's here's the thing. I think we can both say without a shadow of a doubt that there should not be a breakfast at Tiffany's. The, well, I shouldn't say that. I, Make it two hours and I'm in. I was going to say, what would you do to fix it? 
shorten it, like have it, mm-hmm. and then do like a, a, a like eighty five percent of it be the movie adaptation. Like add, add something else in there. Like you know, you know, add a little song, add a little you know element, add a character. I don't know. Given give make the character. cat a person in a yes. cat suit. Yes, I give mix the cats cat. and 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 oh, and gosh. breakfast at Tiffany's. Have you ever seen cats? Unfortunately. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing in the world. One of my coworkers is obsessed with cats. I went to to college with this wonderful woman. Her name's Brittany. I love her to death. And Brittany loves cats, both the animal and the musical. And she could sing the entire, like she could one woman show it. And I will never forget she uh, her singing the opening. And I about wet my pants because she like just went to this full can you see in the dark? And just like was doing the movements, <laughs> the cat motion, cat movements. And I was like terrified and enchanted and never saw anything funnier in my life. And if you spoke bad about cats, like your life was in danger. Yeah, I'm speaking bad. About but it. anyway, but yes, the ca- what the would cat, you cat human character check? What is so that's what you would do. You would make it two hours and have the cat be the narrator. <laughs> yes, yes, even better. Oh, yeah. The cat also, it's is worth mentioning on... that the cat's name is Cat. Yes, what a name for a cat! <laughs> hey, cat. Um, what I would do, I kind of like this idea of. To to me, I think Breakfast at Tiffany's is 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 hard to make into a, a stage production because Audrey Hepburn is, yeah, you know what I mean. Is he Holly go lightly? Yeah, and I don't know if you can. There's there's media like that where I'm like, you just can't undo that. Yeah, like that person is that character, and trying to make somebody else. It's it's like there's a oh gosh what's the example that somebody recently I remember hearing about it it's or it's like when um Drew Carey became the host of The Price Is Right yeah like he went to Bob Barker and was like hey are you cool if I do this mm-hmm. and to me it's like that like Audrey like people like just imagine immediately think that and people will always compare. Whoever plays Holly Golightly to that person. Like when I saw the I saw The King and I recently, and I definitely was comparing, and I she did a wonderful job, but I was comparing this to the King and I with Yul Brenner and Deborah Carr. Mm-hmm. Like it was just those were classic roles that were really ingrained with these people. Now, granted, the musical came before the movie, so like, yeah. But when like someone really establishes a character, I think that's difficult to get away from. However, what I would be interested in, I kind of want to take Edward Albee's I- idea. I love the idea of a Truman Capote musical, mm. where the characters from his story are the people that he interacts with. That it's almost like a one-man show about Truman Capote's life, okay. but like Holly Golightly is a character. Um, like hit what because that's what when you go there, that's when you can break that Audrey Hepburn wall. Yeah, because yeah, Truman yeah. Capote didn't write Audrey Hepburn. He no, wrote no, no, no. he obviously had this vision. So this idea that the that the, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's the musical is about an author writing a story and Holly is his character, that to me would be interesting but then the author can't be paul the author has to be 
Truman Capote. And I don't know if Truman Capote was going through something weird in his life that an author could focus on to, to specifically have it be. And at that point, you would call it Holly Golightly the musical. Yeah. Or Truman and Holly or something like that. Like, that's what you would do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, to me, could be an interesting story. But I don't know enough about Truman Capote's history. That's what I would do is I would I wouldn't necessarily tell the story of Breakfast at Tiffany's, but maybe it's like it's like how there's that there's the movie um, about um, Charles Dickens writing a Christmas Carol or what's his name writing Winnie the Pooh or the guy who wrote Peter Pan. Like you could do that with Holly and and never. uh, What is that called? Never. It's not Neverland, is it? What was it? It was Finding Neverland with Johnny Depp. Like that's a musical now. um... Uh, the Mary Poppins movie, uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Oh my gosh, Saving Mr. Banks is such a good. That would make a really fun musical. I would go and see Saving Mr. Banks the musical. I would agree. But I, the thing is, here's the thing: is I only like the parts of Saving the the parts where you see P.L. Travers as a little girl are good. I really like the Emma Thompson scenes in the present, and that's yeah. what I'd want. That's what I'd want the musical to be. But. Yeah. I think you could do that with Truman Capote and Holly Golightly. And I think that might, that has the potential to be something interesting to be a good length of one to somewhere between one and two hours, maybe a little over two hours. Um, And like, that would be like, that would be fun to, to me, that would be fun to watch Truman Capote and Holly Golightly playing out the scenes. So the scenes that are supposed to be Paul and Holly are Paul and, or are Holly and Truman. And they're saying the lines together. You know what yeah, I mean? I, you see what yeah, I'm saying? I, to yeah, me, that would make an interesting I, piece. I could be into this. I could, I could, you, you're, 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 you're convincing me. You're convincing me. That would be an interesting musical, <clears throat> especially because Breakfast at Tiffany's is such a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I, I, I think that could work. I think that could work. Great. Let's write it. Let's do it. Done. Check. All right. Uh, anything else before uh, you, you, uh, we uh, close the tour? Hmm. hmm. We're going to draw this podcast out for four no. more hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, 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 there's nothing else I have except Matt. Can you tell him where to find us? Yes. Uh, you can email us discontinued on display at gmail.com Twitter and Twitter at discontinued pod, dis- Instagram at discontinued on display. Excuse me, as always, rate and review us. Five stars, five stars on Apple Podcast. As always, this show is brought to you by Magical Memories by Casey Woolley. As uh, always, you, as the, the I, past I, episode. Yes, yes, the past two episodes. I, I asked him on the last episode of Beers and Ears, I'm like, just so you know, you're sponsoring our podcast now. <laughs> just so you know. We, I just decided. Um, yes, Magical Memories by Casey. If you are looking to plan your next Disney Universal vacation, uh, please uh, go use Casey's expertise, caseywoolley.com, uh, or you can go to sorcerernetwork.com. You can find his link through there. Please use his um, ears of experience, Zing, and um, it costs you nothing extra. You just get his experience, and you can take uh, take some pressure off of the plan on your vacation. So please, please go do that. Um, I am going to say this on, on Casey's behalf. I, I This was years ago, but I had a friend who had essentially did through a travel agency though, what Casey is doing now. Um, And I didn't have them plan out everything. There was, there were parts that I was planning, Yeah, but I wasn't, that was the best part. I didn't have to pay my friend who was this 
essentially they were essentially a travel agent, but I didn't have to pay them anything extra. They were able to take, you know, they were getting sponsored essentially by Disney to yeah. to help me, and they were getting something out of it by doing something that she loved, um, using her expertise, and and I got exactly what I needed from her for the few things I needed the little extra help with and planning Disney trips are so involved. Like the first time I went to Disney with a friend, he, I, I literally was like, all right, we got to like talk about these things. And he went, Chris, you're a planner. And I'm just kind of go with the flow. I'm like, well, fine. If you don't tell me what rides you want a fast pass for, you ain't getting them. <laughs> I'm not going to book rides you want. So you can play this game or you can actually help. Yeah. And it, is, it, so, it can be very daunting. Yeah, so the fact that like it doesn't cost extra, which I feel like I'll, it would be a barrier for most people, is they would assume that. Yeah, yeah. Most people think, oh, I have to pay. It's like, no, no, no. Disney pays that. You pay nothing extra. You just get, you get the inside information, and you can have them plan as little or as much as you much want. As you want. So def- definitely, if you're thinking about a vacation, summer's coming up. Um, you know, uh, uh, you may be looking at even that fall or Christmas time vacation. Please, please reach out to Casey. He'd be happy to help you. Let somebody um, else worry about finding you the best discount. Like exactly, with Disney, yeah. that's difficult. There's so many avenues you could go down and like someone dedicating their time to, uh, to do that on your behalf is invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Let him, let him it do all literally the is a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, um, let's end the tour here. Um, I'm trying to think of a very clever outro, and besides talking for the next, mm-hmm. just, just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have the next three hours and fifteen minutes to talk about something. Though, let's be real, I could talk about. Things I think for the next three hours. I think what you minutes. should do is you should just copy the start and just play another. Just keep the, going. Just, just <laughs> repeat it. Just make every every forty five minutes it starts over again. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how many, how many times people get through and be like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, now the ruse is up. I wouldn't be, I would have to cut this part out. <laughs> all right. We'll get, we'll let you all get on with your day and not have to spend another three hours. Listening. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.